Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How are you all doing? I am, of course, your host, Mark Kuznez. I think, I think, I think I found the solution to my skipped frames problem, and that was a very simple solution, which was going into my not settings. Oh, yeah, going into my OBS settings and saving where I save the video for this on my SSD. One of my SSDs, the, the built-in one, as opposed to a regular old hard disk drive. And you know what? It seems to be doing pretty well. And it makes sense. Hard disk drives, slow. SSDs, fast. It does not... You know, he's not gonna be skipping shit because it's it's keeping up. It's keeping up with all the rendering and all that shit. Yeah, baby. Uh, but it's an obvious fix. And then that got me to say to myself, maybe I should be saving my video game capture into an SSD as well. Even though I haven't had really any issues with that, it's probably just better in general. And then to avoid any future camera flickering, hopefully, I uh, plug this in directly to the computer apply directly to the forehead that's that's what they say about webcams apply them directly to your computer's forehead which is immediately into the don't use the usb hub that's what it means yeah usb hubs are nice but you have to always remember i i was very bad about this for a very long time and i think it's related to usually having a laptop for most of my life as my main computer. So I didn't have many USB ports to use and, and utilize. I always relied on a hub. And it's important to know that any important device that does require power or needs to be powered in some way, uh, it's always a best practice, a, a good idea, the best idea to connected directly to your computer fun fact i mean i this is me assuming it maybe i'm fucking wrong but i i think that's you know the the, the good way uh, of going about doing it and also with usb type c things they don't like usb type c to type a cables they don't want to be plugged into a usb type a port they want to be plugged into a fellow usb type c port or you're not going to get the full advantage of it either Anywho, let us get on to the the show and what I have to talk about in chats. Uh, watching wise, I haven't been watching all that much. I finished The Good Lord Bird and it was fantastic, fantastic, fantastic show. I am a huge Ethan Hawk. Fuck, I'm a huge fucking Ethan Hawking fan. Fucking fuck. But I really like him, and I thought the show itself was very, very good. Very, very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have anything specific to say about it. It's just good. Good sense of humor. Offbeat. Uh, it's not... Uh, I've lost all steam. Because I'm like, I just realized, hey, I really like the show. I don't. I don't really have anything to say about it. So, yep, I'm just going to fucking, I'm like, 
do I fucking just redo this show? Do I start over from the beginning? Or do I like stop this recording and start over? Because I just felt like, whew, we just fucking halted. I just hit a fucking brick wall right there. And I'm like, and I just kept pausing every now and again. I'm like, wait, do I stop or do I continue? Let's just continue and ignore. Good Lord Bird, it's a good show. You can watch it if you want. It's on Showtime. What's it about? Google it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I have. I cannot. I don't know why. I don't know why I have no desire to talk about it or what it's about or anything. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, after stopping about halfway through the first episode of Stargate SG One when I originally watched it a week or so ago, uh, realizing it was more serious than I thought. I decided to give it another go going into it, not expecting something it wasn't and was never trying to be that I just expected for whatever reason. And I've been enjoying it. I've watched the first three episodes now. And the strength of it is in its cast, which is true for any show. It really often comes down to how much you like the cast and how good their chemistry is with one another. And they start off very well. They all feel very comfortable with each other. They all have a good rapport. I like the dynamic between them. It is very Star Trekky in its or like the original series in its character personalities. In that you have your MacGyver dude, who's basically the the Kirk. You have Teal, who is the alien and a bit emotionless and basically the Spock of the show. As uh, instead, though, uh, he instead of being a really smart, intelligent alien, though, he's very strong and big. So it's just brute force as opposed to intelligent force. Um, you get your intelligence from the other two. The doc, who is the emotional core of the group and, and very, very sensitive and just, you know, the heart of the team. And then your more analytical serious scientific da, 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 lady scientist that's why she's scientific because she's a scientist and she's like boop 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 I've got short hair I like wearing pants I don't I don't know oh my god this is like I'm recording this late and I'm like I, I need I need to get this out and I just realized that you know I just haven't watched that much and nothing really has grabbed me I, i've enjoyed the first three episodes of stargate but it's not amazing and then i went and watched the first 20 or so minutes of die hard 2 and i was like this is you know, ignoring a good day to die hard this is probably the worst die hard movie it's just the, the problem with it is that it is so just hey Die Hard worked, baby. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. It's, it's the problem with Back to the Future Part 2 in, in a way. But even worse. And there's some really bad attempts at humor in it. And I just did not... I had no desire to fucking rewatch Die Hard again, but in an airport. You know, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just... It, it, it's one of those cases where unless you're choosing to watch the whole series... There'd be no reason to ever watch Die Hard 2 over Die Hard 1. 
Die Hard with a Vengeance, you get something different. Live for your Die Hard, you're getting something different. Die Hard 2, yeah, it's literally just Die Harder, but it's actually Die Worser because it's a worser version of Die Hard. That's it. That's it. And then I uh, watched maybe, I think it was like 35 minutes of Beverly Hills Cop to see if I actually liked that movie or not, and I don't. And it's because I don't really like Eddie Murphy and his style of humor in general. And, and when I decided to just give up on the movie, I would love to see Stallone's version of that movie, for one. But I decided to then see if maybe that would also carry over to Trading Places, because I don't have a lot of Eddie Murphy movies. I don't like Bowfinger. I, don't, I, I really don't like Steve Martin. But I think Eddie Murphy in Bowfinger is fantastic. He makes that movie watchable, but it's still not a good movie. But he is fantastic in that movie. That's probably my favorite Eddie Murphy performance, even though I don't like the movie. But Trading Places is very good. It's a bit of a slow burn. I could see why people wouldn't like it. And it has... It's... Very reminiscent of an old movie from the 70s, I think maybe the 71, called A New Leaf with Walter Matthau, and I forget the the name of the actress who also wrote and directed it, I believe. Very, very, uh, very talented lady. Uh, but that has a same type of vibe, being very high society uh, centric in, in terms of its joke and, and, and what it's making fun of and all that jazz. But Train Place is very good. It's very good. I think there are some weird choices in it. I, I, there's really no reason for Jamie Lee Curtis to get naked in it. I mean, the scenes where she does get naked, it's just like, hey, just get naked. You got a good body. Show it off. You know, at, at least in True Lies, when she's doing a little strip tease, that was the first time I ever saw her in like little to no clothing. I remember, cause I, I always thought of her, cause I think I watched True Lies pretty late after the fact and that might've been post stuff like even, I, I, I never thought of her as anything other than just like the plain lady, the lady who just like lives on your block. It's like, oh, she's just a normal lady. And then when I saw True Lies and that scene, I'm like, what? I, I just didn't expect her to look like that. I was very surprised. And it just shows you. We all can look a whole bunch of ways. But Train Place is very good. Then other than that, I don't think I really watched anything. I'm trying to think. Continuing to watch Ninja Turtles. And then... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, well, yeah, I watched 48 Hours. There's another part of this whole Eddie Murphy thing. And that that's just... It's not that great. And then I also, I mean, it's, it's watchable. I watched the whole thing. It's just kind of, all right. I don't need to watch this again. Except in a year or two when I'm like, maybe it's better than I thought it was. And I'll just waste my time again watching it. But I, I watched maybe 30 minutes of The Last Boy Scout, and that feels so much like a rough first draft for what would eventually become Lethal Weapon. What would be perfected to an extent in, in Lethal Weapon. 
I think Lethal Weapon is still not perfect, but The Last Boy Scout feels very much like, hey, this is what we want from something. Or we want Lethal Weapon, but this is what we end up with because Damon Wayans isn't that great. Bruce Willis, I like him. I think he's a good, capable actor. I don't think Damon Wayans is that good. All right. Sorry. Sorry, all you Damon Wayans fans. His best, I mean, he's good in shit like Blank Man and Major Pain. <laughs> Those aren't good movies either. Oh shit, man! This is this is just a. I'm just you know what? No skip frames yet, so that's good. I'm just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. My my head is like all over the place. It's just leaking, leaking out, man. My chicken is out of stock. I went to Aldi. I want to get my chicken. Also, I was just like I was changing a bunch of wiring, you know, getting the setup to like work the most optimized way, and I'm just like. Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. <laughs> also, I, I'd like to know for the video listeners. The light in the background. Good, bad, bother, you, no dice. You don't really fucking care. Because I like having that light on. But when I record, I feel like it's better when it's off. And then I never turn it on because I'm always like, oh, I'm going to forget to turn it off when I'm recording. So I just leave it off all the time. And now it's like, I'm just, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. What were we talking about? Leave the weapon. Last Boy Scout. Oh yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Watching that, I was thinking to myself, uh, why would I watch this instead of a movie that I'm sure is very inspired by Beverly Hills Cop and similar movies, but the Rush Hour movies with Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan? Because I was even thinking, you know, I like this better. I think if Chris Tucker was in the role. Or if Stallone was in the role. I just... Eddie Murphy hasn't really done it for me. I like Trading Places. I like him and Bowfinger. And I loved him. I loved pretty much everything about Dolomite is my name. Or my name is Dolomite. I forget I forget the ordering of that title. But I, I love that movie. I love Rudy Ray Moore. I've talked about it in the past. And I really wish that would come out on Blu-ray. The only way to get it is through a award sampler type thing to get an official one. There is what I presume is a bootleg. It is a very well-looking uh, bootleg. But there's no way in hell it's legit because it's not listed anywhere as like, no. Huh, well, let's get on to what I've been playing already, okay? So, Yars Recharge is... a uh, Another game, the latest in the Recharge series of Atari classics being brought back to the modern day with a fresh coat of paint and a bit of extra little missions that are more focused and give you a specific thing to do or asking you to do things and, and go after high scores. And this, for me, is probably the worst Recharge game to date. I have no experience with Yar's Revenge prior to this. I wasn't sure if I played in the past. I couldn't remember. And when I started playing Yar's Recharge, I was like, <laughs> I've definitely never played this because this fucking sucks. And if it, if I had played this, I'd be like, I don't want to code for this because this game sucks. And Yar's Recharge sucks. It's so fucking boring and so tedious. And the only challenge comes in complacency as you... Keep playing more and more and more and your eyelids get heavy from the boredom and tedium 
and repetition of it all because the way it works is that you got your little bug i think it's a dragonfly or some shit and you're shooting at all these turrets and whatnot and there's a there's a big old turrety buggy thing that you want to destroy because you have to destroy that in order to progress to the next level you can avoid all the turrets you don't even have to destroy them kind of in order to clear the level you just need to get the big boy but you can only damage the big boy with your cannon which you activate by collecting these orbs which you gain from destroying the blocks in the environment and destroying turrets you also are able to farm this currency this cannon currency from the the boss essentially what is a boss creature since you can't damage it you're at least able to farm the stuff you need to get the cannon so that you can destroy it otherwise if you if you wasted your cannon shots and didn't destroy it then you'd be shit out of luck so there's at least that in place because again you the, the game just would be broken if you couldn't do that but the way it works is that it takes two shots to kill the big boy with the cannon. So less licks than it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. And what you're doing is shooting all these turrets that are surrounding it, protecting it. The turrets don't just continuously fire at you. And they'll fire at you in either like uh, bullet hell type round bullets or lasers. But they activate via the big boy who will send little lines of energy towards the, the turrets they're going to activate, so you know which ones are going to be firing, so you can best get out of the way or prepare to avoid the projectiles. And you are just destroying the blocks that are protecting the big boy. I'm going to keep calling him the big boy. As well as the turret. And when you destroy the turret, and why you would want to do it, because in some cases there are blocks that take a lot of damage, a lot, a lot, a lot of damage to destroy. But if you destroy the turrets, then there is an area of effect that destroys surrounding blocks. And I didn't realize this at first, because the game, to my knowledge, when it was explaining the base way everything works, I do not think it said anything about that. You can also, instead of like, because it's a twin stick shooter is how it controls. Instead of just shooting the blocks or the turrets to destroy them, you can get right up on them. There's no damage to interacting or, or, or touching an object or a turret. Instead, what you do is you start nibbling. And uh, you can you can destroy everything that way if you don't want to. Like, it's, it's a little faster, I think, and... It allows you to just get through things a bit quicker. And that's all there is to the game. And, and just like with the other recharged games, all you get is an arcade mode, and then your missions or challenges, etc., that are basically giving you these pre-built levels and then asking you to uh, complete them as best you can. So you'll get a bonus for completing them fast or getting a multiplayer, etc., and there are leaderboards tied to all of them, and that's it. I feel like in other recharge games, you are given more specific objectives in these types of missions, but in Yara's Recharge, all they are are specifically design levels, and they're built in such a way where you can chain a lot of things together in order to create high scores, but that's it. And... Like with all these games, I wish there was a bit more 
love and care put into the history of the games. I would love to get a bit of history in there and see some stuff and maybe see some old art, etc. I'd like to be able to play the original version. And I don't know why they don't do that. If it's because they don't want to cannibalize on the Atari flashback collections and stuff like that. They want you to double dip, maybe. I don't know. But I think Yars... Yars Revenge might have been a really cool game back in the day on the Atari 2600. But for me, I think it's horrible today. I think it is incredibly boring. I don't like it. And I don't know how anyone... I don't know how anyone going into Yars Recharge without that nostalgia could find pleasure from this. I went onto the Steam page, and out of the 12 or so reviews there, I think only one or two were from people who had never played the original. And they also liked it, but I call shenanigans, and I'm calling every one of those people writing reviews on Steam fucking liars, okay? I don't care. I don't even care if you have nostalgia for this. This fucking shit, it's so fucking boring. It's just so boring. And I don't know if there's a point where maybe you get a big boss or something. But even like the amount of projectiles that are coming at you at one time, if you never take out turrets, it's never so overwhelming that it gets challenging. It's just like I said, complacency is where you'll find defeat. As you play more and more and more and get more and more bored and are just like, why am I doing this? And then you get aggressive, you do stupid things, you just want to get through the game as fast as possible. And it's just like, why? Why? That's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's Yars. L. <laughs> Lars. Lars in the real recharging. Uh, my favorite Ryan Gosling movie. No, Yars Revenge. Well, how, how do you spell that? Why? A-R-S. As in, why are Sue playing it? Uh, but yeah, that's GR's Recharge. Um, then, Blade Runner Enhanced Edition is a point-and-click adventure game that has been enhanced from its original version that came out, I think, in the late 90s. I never played the original version. I don't typically like point-and-click adventure games. And this one, more so than... Most others I've played, I, I really, really don't like. And it sucks because I love the Blade Runner universe. I love both movies. And I think there's some cool things in the game. I think. I think. It does a very good job at creating that atmosphere and mood and vibe of the Blade Runner universe. With all that cyberpunky nature and a lot of smoke and spinning fans and all that jazz it's 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 great at that and the voice acting i i assume is all legacy voice acting from the original version and it's it's okay i'm sure at the time it was a lot more impressive but it, it's it's all right i think you as the main character your voice actor doesn't quite have the personality and character in his voice that they need I think you look at something like the work done in Max Payne, and that is what I would prefer in the voice work here, uh, for your character at least. But the voice acting overall is not too bad. The problem with the game, though, is that 
this is a, a thing with every point and click adventure game and why I'm not a huge fan of the genre. The games always work off their own logic. And you have to figure things out that don't quite make sense in our world's logic and how things work in our world. You have to just be like, okay, you take a, a, a crowbar, this cold slice of pizza, and five band-aids, you put them together, and you've crafted a key to unlock this door that'll lead you to this shit, and like... What? And then you gradually grow accustomed, or you, you gradually become more and more aware of how the logic works, and stuff will become easier. The problem with Blade Runner Enhanced Edition, and I'm assuming this is the case with the original, I, I don't know how much work was gone into this enhancement. Visually, it just looks like they may have sharpened it up a bit and softened it, like smudged Like It does not look like it was changed all that much other than to make it a little bit less pixely and therefore worse. It, it doesn't look enhanced. It doesn't look... Because I, I went to GOG and the page for the original version and I was like, oh, it doesn't look that different. I really don't like the character models. The background art, not bad. But the character models don't look good at all. Uh, and some of the objects in the game, they're the way they're set up to be easily recognizable or discernible from just the regular environment means they stand out like a fucking sore thumb and they don't look good. They're, they're bad looking. But uh, the problem with Blade Runner Enhanced Edition is that it does not explain a fucking thing. I did a bit of evidence collecting and talked to everyone I could talk to, exhausted everything to my knowledge, went to all the various environments that are open in the beginning, the pet shop, Chinatown, and the restaurant, the police station, and my home. And I looked at this one piece of evidence, these two camera things on my computer at home and the one at the office. And I thought... Oh, zooming in on this thing, I'd be able to get some new information from it, but nothing happened. And I just, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And the game features no tutorial, really. So it just, it just throws you in it. And in a game like this, I think you, you need a bit of help. You need, you need a little bit of a tutorial because I'm like, I'm looking at this menu full of all this evidence and stuff and, and how intricate and detailed it is. And I'm wondering, okay, am I supposed to like mix and match things? Am I supposed to connect some dots in here in, in this menu system? If I am, I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to do it. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do. There's no one else left to talk about or talk to. And I'm just like, well, fuck me, I guess. And that's the problem with point-and-click adventure games for me, is that so often I feel like, really, you need a guy to get through them, and that's not my idea of a good time. The story would have to be amazing for me to want to do that, but even then I'd be like, there are so many other great stories to consume that why would I why would I spend my time with this? Uh, just like, I'm going to watch the movie instead. I'm just going to rewatch the movie. I, I've got it on Blu-ray and UHD, and they're like, Five cuts of it. I got the international cut. I got the theatrical cut. I got the director's cut. I got the final cut. I got the work print. I'll watch all five of them back to back to back to back to back, even though there's not a huge difference amongst them, uh, honestly. Because like the the 
theatrical version and the international version are basically the same, I think, minus a few more graphic scenes in the international version, but whatever. Later on Enhanced Edition, I do not recommend. Unless you, even like even if you really liked the original, I think you'd be better off going to GOG and just playing the original because I, I, don't, I don't know what they've added. I can't speak to that as someone who hasn't played the original, so you know I can't speak to that. Maybe there, there are things for you. But also, at the same time, maybe you should just play the original. I mean, outside of the fact that this is now on consoles and everything, because that's where I played on playing on Xbox. But then, again, point-and-click adventure games. Genre, point-and-click. Obviously, that's the best way to play them. Then uh, I got a few East Asia soft games to get through, and then we can wrap things up with... Uh, I'm not even sure if there was a Patreon question or not. But Kidball Adventure is a platformer where you're a little happy ball and instead of you controlling your jumping you were just always jumping more so bouncing than jumping but you're always bouncing and or jumping however you want to call it and you're just worried about going left to right you collect these energy blocks or whatever for one-ups but what you really are doing is just collecting the key that opens the gate and moving on to the next level the story, quote-unquote story, the, the limited story that's there is basically Mario where the lady ball has been taken by, I think it was a ball on a dragon. I don't think it was just a little dragon, but whatever. It, it doesn't matter. They, they took the princess, essentially, and they took her to a castle. You play through 10 or so levels, and then you go to another castle. Oh, look, now it's an icy castle. And that's really all there is to it. And it's it's a good time. I, the, mechanically, as, as simple as it is, just worried about left and right. You'll have enemies that you want to avoid and traps that you want to avoid and spikes on the ceiling. So you have to be very precise in when you are moving left and right and flying creatures will be moving in dialogue. Like it's, it's all about timing everything just right. And it feels pretty good. It's just very, very simple. And you basically see everything the game has to offer within a few minutes and on top of that you'll unlock all the achievements in about 10 minutes and then you're like why do i keep playing and the answer is do, do you do you like it enough to keep playing or is getting all the achievements or trophies enough for you you know it's a four or five dollar game as all these are i believe no, I think the the last one, I think it might be seven. Oh, I'll get to that when I get to that. But it's okay. It's just incredibly simple. And you see everything it has to offer within a few minutes. So whether or not I... It, it, honestly, Kidball Adventure, fine enough game, but it's really just there for anyone wanting some very fast and easy achievements. And some people are. I don't mind that. <laughs> Give me it, baby. Then the next one I played is Arsonist Heaven, which is a pile of crap. I'm sorry, but this is not a good game. You play a dude in a hazmat suit. It's a 2D side-scrolling game, and you're thrown into levels that are filled with these mutated creatures. You'll see how many are in a level on the bottom of the screen. It'll show you the number. And the way it works is that you're going around this environment with your little flamethrower, and then you're burning all these creatures. The problem is that attacking them 
does not cancel their animation or their attacks. So they will just run up on you, walk up on you, slime or slither their way up on you when you're attacking them because attacking them just does nothing. I mean, it, it's, it's doing damage, but it's in no way preventing them from getting up on you. And it just feels like shit. You have a jetpack, which allows you to get to very high heights. And that's all there is to it. You're going through these levels, killing all the monsters. You've got like five life points at the start of every level. You can collect canisters that'll refill your life, which are important because you will be you will be taking damage. It's impossible to not take damage, I'd say, in this game. Because there are some creatures that are just fucking insane. There's a werewolf in this game that the first time I saw it, it's just like it was off screen. I jumped on this fucking area. I, I you know, I jumped from one area to another, and then this werewolf just fucking sprinted right up into my fucking face. And I was like, how am I supposed to defend against this? How am I supposed to know, like, what the fuck is this shit? And it doesn't matter if you know it's coming and you start to fire before it's even at you because it's still going to get up on you. You don't kill them instantly by damaging them. Like, it takes a little bit of time, maybe two seconds, to defeat most enemies. And it's just like, what is this? And the way the levels are designed... Are, are full of cases and instances where you have to drop down uh, to another area, but you can't see what's below you, and you can't use the D-pad or anything to scroll down, to nudge down, to see, oh, is there just a giant hole that I have to avoid full of green flames that'll kill me immediately? Or am I going to fall on top of an enemy that's going to start immediately doing damage to me when I drop down? You can't, you just have to fucking wing it and then learn from not your mistakes, but the poor level design when you die and have to restart the level because that's going to happen to you. And it just, it feels like shit. The levels also have canisters, uh, fuel canisters for your flamethrower because you'll, you'll run out of ammo. You have to reload. If you don't reload, then you're just going to fire blanks uh, and then that'll, that'll be great. But it's just, it's, it feels like crap, it looks like crap, and it's so just poorly designed. The way the enemies work and can just get up on you. Some of the enemies, specifically like that werewolf, are absolute bullshit. Bullshit. And just the way it's, it's, it's designed around this whole system of, like, if I could just, uh, good luck. That's what, that's what the game feels like. It feels like... It's a parent pushing you, a two-year-old child who's never attempted swimming. They push you in the deep end, and it's like, have at it. Best of luck, kid. And we ain't going to help you at all. And it's just, it's not good. It's not good. Then, the last game I played is Book Quest, which is a game where you play a young boy who wakes up and sees a mouse stealing your cheese. And you're like, I want my cheese. Where's my cheese? And then you're like, I, I need to get this broom. Oh, now that I've got this broom, I can push this bookcase. So I'm going to push this bookcase. Oh, the basement. The basement door was under the bookcase. I'm going to go in the basement, 
and there's a treasure chest in there. You open the treasure chest, and now there's a big old book full of shit you can't read. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And then someone in red pajamas comes and is like, I want that fucking book. And you're like, why? I, I, I'm going to fight you about it, though, because it's my book. It was in my chest in my basement. You fuck off. I forgot about the cheese, but who cares right now? Because book, pajamas, let's fucking go. And then there's a cloud of smoke and a very cartoony fight. And then they, they beat you and you're unconscious. And you're like, oh. You wake up, you're like, where's my book? You go outside, your grandfather's ghost is there. And he's like, what what happened, bro? And you're like, I, I lost the book. What the, What is this fucking book? And you're like, what? How'd you lose my book? It's a the, the magic book. It's so important. You got to get that book back. And you're like, fucking, man, I don't know, man. This is this is some crazy shit. What, what is the book about? I, I, I couldn't even read it. Well, how is the book important? I can't read it. How is that pajama boy going to read it? And you're like, huh? What the fuck is going on? And then it becomes The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it does, like, it, when it opened up, visually, I thought, oh, this kind of reminds me of, just visually speaking, of Pokemon games, the old 2D Pokemon games. And I thought, you know, could be all right. The translation, the localization is bad it is really 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 bad uh sometimes to the point of being funny but mostly to the point of being frustrated as somebody with uh reading comprehension issues and mild dyslexia i like it's like am i am i the one fucking up here or is it this and i take my time and i'm like okay let me just look no 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 this is wrong it's not just me um but the way it works is that when you eventually leave your, your place, you'll you'll see this little town. You can't really do anything initially because you, you want to go get uh, the book back. And it plays very much like The Legend of Zelda, like A Link to the Past specifically. Classic NES, Super Nintendo, Zelda games, over-the-top Zelda games. And you're going into this world attacking enemies it doesn't feel good the audio is super weird because there's no audio for your character movement or character attacks or anything of that ilk the only audio cues you get outside of the ambient noise is when you do damage or take damage not in the swishing of your sword or anything like that but just the reactions the guttural reactions of you or your enemies. So if, uh, 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 you'll just hear a bunch of that. Or, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. But uh, it does not feel good to play there when you are. So one of the things too about the game is that it likes to throw in a bunch of different gameplay styles. When you cross the bridge to get to the forest area where it's very Zelda-esque and all that, and the, the more traditional top-down thing. It's a side-scrolling thing, and in that area, even though you have a sword, you can only hurt enemies by bumping on their head, by jumping on their head and bumping them, which turned into bumping, uh, big bumping. And that, that was really bad. The Zelda bits aren't that great. The most interesting and best gameplay aspect was when I... Was I, th I guess I was climbing a tower. I don't even know what the fuck. I, but I was like cl uh, climbing a cavern or going through a cavern. I had to get all these fragments. 
which included or required some backtracking. I also had a good berries for this fucking guard. I was like, what the fuck, man, fuck you. Just let me through. And some of the dialogue, like the dialogue is very, it's very weird. It's like explaining to you or your character will explain exactly what they're doing. I'm going to go do this now. And you're like, okay, well, why are you, why are you telling me this? But the only time I actually enjoyed playing the game was a point at which I collected all these fragments to open this door. And then that led me to the pathway to get to the dragon because there's a dragon and you're like, oh, this ain't no fucking dragon. It's just a bunch of gobbledygook you made up to scare people. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And the guard's like, there's a dragon. And you're like, okay, I believe you. But this section where you're traversing through the cave or whatever it exactly was, it works where you have two platforms and you're, you're trying to reach the top. And it's very mobile-esque, like a doodle jump type of setup. But when your character's on the left side of the screen, you're only, you're only pressing left or right on the D-pad. And when you're on the left side of the screen, if you press left on the D-pad, you'll jump up. If you press right, you'll jump to the right and vice versa. If you're on the right side of the screen, if you're on the right side, you press right, you'll jump up. You press left, you'll jump to the left. And you start at the bottom and the, the screen isn't scrolling until you initiate the first jump. And then when you do, you're just pressing it as platforms are coming on both sides, making sure that you are jumping to the left when you have to and then jumping up when you have to. And that felt pretty good. It also felt somewhat rhythm-based. It did seem to mesh with the music pretty well. And I was like, what? what's, what's happening here? I, I like this. I like this part of the game. That was only like a minute of the game, though. And it still, it looked horrible. That was maybe, I don't know if that was the ugliest the game looked, but it did not look great there. But it just, it, it's a game that is too ambitious. It's trying too many things. And the problem when you do that is if you're unable to make all of them really, really good, it's better to just focus on one thing, one type of gameplay, one style, and make that really good. If you're unable to make every part of your game really, really good, and you want to try a whole bunch of different things and throw in a bunch of different styles and be experimental in that sense, you you you've got a, you're putting a lot of work on your plate. You're you're putting a lot of work on your shoulders. You're 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 you're, you're asking for it. And I'm sorry, book quest, but you just, you, you didn't pull it off. You, you pulled it off in that one little section. It still, it looked like shit. It didn't, it looked like shit. I, it, just, it did not look good. Okay. I don't want to say, I want to like not say stuff, stuff like looks like shit. Cause that's kind of, that's more on the mean side when I could just say it didn't look good and it didn't look good. It felt good though. I really enjoyed that time. Uh, no cap, no joke. I, I genuinely really, really like that that bit. But the rest of Book Quest, no. I got to the dragon and it was just like, I do not want to take the time to fucking defeat this thing. It's taking forever. But that, that's pretty much it for what I've been playing. So uh, let's let's see if there's a a, a Patreon question.
I think there was one or two. All right, here we go. Here we go. From Lunchbox, I'm not sure I know this answer. I know you get a lot of codes and you give most things a fair shot, but is there a genre that you will always try if you see it? Same question, but developers you will always try. So I, you know, I, I have my preferences for genres. I love, I love rogue lights and rogue likes. I, you know, a lot of them mess up with, you know, Curse to Golf, for instance. I was very, very interested in that, but a lot of problems come when randomization comes into play. And there's just, you know, there are a lot of variables that happen with roguelites that could lead them down bad paths. But fundamentally, structurally, at their core, I really like that genre. Yeah, I like action adventure games. I like first. I, I am open to all games and every game. I have a predisposition or you know there are certain genres that i definitely am or i was gonna say hostile towards but like visual novels are not really my thing but i will never just completely dismiss a game because you never know when a game or a genre you may typically not love or be into will surprise you. Doki Doki Literature Club. That is a visual novel that it takes some time for it to get to the part, the, the points where it's very interesting. But prior to that, it's still very well written. It's engaging enough. The the poem stuff is, it, it was enough for me. And I was curious about where the story and everything was going. It had enough hooks in it to get me to the point where it got very, very interesting. And that became not only my favorite game that I played that year, which I think was last year. I, I, you know, time, who fucking knows anymore. But it's one of my favorite games of all time. And it's essentially a visual novel. But it's a visual novel that is doing more than most do with the genre and really taking advantage of the fact that it's a video game. And so that's an example to me of... Uh, of why I am open to all genres and every genre, and I will never say no to any game. I, I will give a game a shot. I will give any game a shot. I don't care what the screenshots look like, etc. Because you just, you don't know. There's because uh, when I was playing, I think the super the the Kid Ball Adventure Jedi commented during the stream that it reminded him of the the candy game I played. And that's an example of a game that if I looked at screenshots, I'd be like, this fucking looks like dog shit. But I played it and had a blast with it because it had ridiculous physics and the the mechanics of it that were very kind of Angry Birds-ish. And it was like your projectile farting your character to the goals and everything. I, I had a blast with that. And if I just completely dismissed it because I think it's an ugly game, I would have missed out on one of the most enjoyable games I've played all year, honestly, if I really think about it. So I'm open to everything, and this is why in, in most things, I will try everything, or I'll try anything, I'll try everything. Doesn't mean I'm going to stick with it for that long. I can tell pretty quickly if something is for me or not. So with movies or anything, I'll I'll drop them if I, I'm already pretty confident I don't like it, etc., 
which is always going to baffle Enchi. But then uh, to the second point, I, I've talked about this, but Remedy is a studio. I will always, I, I will, I don't care what the fuck they make. They can make any type of game. I'm going to play it. Same goes for Ninja Theory. I checked out Bleeding Edge. I didn't like Bleeding Edge, but they want to make a Bleeding Edge too. I'll still give that a shot because I fucking love Ninja Theory. And then Kojima. I don't give a shit what Kojima does. I mean, I haven't gotten around to Death Stranding only because I know it's going to be a huge time sink for me. So I want to be at a point where I can really dive deep into that. But Kojima is someone who I'll, I'll play anything he does. And I didn't really, I probably should have thought more about this prior to record. I forgot about the questions. But uh, yeah. Remedy, Remedy is just number one. Remedy is my favorite studio. I love Remedy so much. I think they're fucking fantastic. And I, there was uh, another question. Am I too late? Uh, what is the Onoplex release you most wish another company had the right to for a cheaper re-release? For me, it's definitely read or die. And this is from Jedi. I don't know if I said that. <sighs> the thing is... I mean, there are some Onoplex things that I would like for re-release purposes that I don't own, and it, it'd probably be Dura because I have I have the first series, but Dura X two or whatever, you know, the second season. They have yet to. I, I feel like I'm pretty confident they're going to release like a complete set at some point. It just seems like an inevitable thing that that should happen but they haven't done it yet maybe because there's still volumes in the wild the problem with <laughs> one of the most annoying things about onplex releases is that you'll have something that's released in six volumes and then the fifth volume for whatever fucking reason goes out of print and you can't get any more unless you want to pay an arm and leg for it but every other one is still available for cheap and you're like how why is this like why it's, it's never in fucking order it's never the first volume sells out and then the second and then third like it never follows that path and it's just like <laughs> what is happening but there there are sets and series i'd like to see re-release that are not from onoplex more so than any onoplex series so Katana or uh, Katana Gathari, I think uh, is the title. Um, it's from the Monogatari guy. He, it's it's one of his. It's not part of that series, but uh, I think it's Katana Gathari. Katana Gathari. But uh, that is a great, great show. That was released by, I think, NIS forever ago. And I just. It's super expensive now, and it's frustrating. I want that to see a re-release. And then the original Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Sentai Filmworks only ever released that in a fucking super goddamn, like an $800 collector's edition. They never re-released it in a standard edition. And I don't know why. I... They still have the rights for it because they're streaming it. 
but it's just like I they have to at some point they have to also fucking Funimation this is a random thing they only ever released Golden Comedy the first season and it's limited edition stupid set and then it never like I've got seasons two and three I didn't buy the first one because I was like give me a normal version and I can import like but I want I want some congruent like Collecting anime physically is just so fucking annoying. Okay. It's fucking stupid. I hate it. But I can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop, baby. Oh, God. And then, <laughs> Edgy's question I already know is like, I'm, I have no answer for it. Favorite book you've read in the last couple of years? Since I haven't, I haven't read a piece of fiction and I don't know when. It's just nonfiction stuff. For me, the nonfiction just sort of, it all blends together and it's just, it's more like information than something where I'm like, oh, this is a very compelling story. It's just like, oh, this was, this was interesting information I gained from reading this or reading that. And so nothing sticks out there. I will say, uh, to go to graphic novels, not in the last few years, maybe the last five years, I really, 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 really love the love books which are illustrated by i believe a french artist and they're completely wordless and they're just these stories that are following various animals so you have one following a lion one with a tiger one with a fox and then one with <sighs> a smaller like rodent creature i think but they're so fucking beautiful they're so beautiful. I'm actually going to, I'm going to do what, because like no, no skip frames. I was going to do a little bit in color last time with the, the showing off the, the Blu-ray stuff. Um, but I'll show off one of the, the love books and just how beautiful the art is. Hopefully this all works. So I'm going to scroll off camera. Oh. Hold on. I am back. So the other one is the dinosaur. But uh these books are fucking gorgeous. And I think they're they're good sort of for kids. Like they can be graphic, but um you know they're they're kinda like watching a nature documentary. But uh hi there. I'm in color now. But um like this is the cover. And it's it's like the art is fucking beautiful. If you're just a fan of art, I mean Come on. And then how well this will come across, no idea. But it's just it's just it's beautiful. Fucking beautiful people. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yes. So yeah, there's that. The love books. Yeah, I love them in the fucking title baby anywho that will do it for this here episode another long one i was like oh i i had no idea how this this episode was gonna go i mean the opening i already remember is like what should i just restart you know it is what it is but uh yeah that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage show i'm so happy that everything has worked no skip frames at all. Fucking 
Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, once again, I'm your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. <laughs> uh, of course, if you are watching the YouTube version uh, and you haven't already, like, subscribe, hit the bell, and all that jazz. It really does go a long way in supporting the show and helping it get into the eyes of other people. Because YouTube will be like, hey, these people like it. Maybe these other people like this shit too. And then we'll all be happy and we'll all be better off for it. Because honestly, everyone should be consuming this fucking show, right? I mean, this is the best show. Have you read Sonny's comment? Is his fucking review on iTunes? Holy shit, he's nuts. But I love him. I love you, Sonny. You're fucking nuts. But I love you for it. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I greatly appreciate all of, all of you for, uh, listening to all that jazz. Of course, if you'd like to check out any of my links of import, I, you know, and I stream on the YouTubes as well. That's where you can see stuff. So you can, you can watch my stream archives of the games mentioned on this show. So that, that's, that's the fun thing too. <laughs> but, uh, now you can get all my links of import over at pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS. I think let's have like a let's have a GoFundMe, baby. Let's let's get a drive. Let's raise some money. I need like 650 bucks to buy it initially, and then it's cheap. I, I the monthly the monthly not the monthly, the, the yearly fee after that is fine. But I really want I, I so badly want to be able to get PXS.xyz. Because then I could say, you can find all my links of import over at pxs.xyz slash abc. Oh, yeah. How amazing would that be? But it's it's a premium fucking URL. Goddamn. But, uh, yeah, that will do it. Really, really, really. So, uh, again, I appreciate each and every one of you for lending your eyes and or ears and Hopefully you do enjoy the show as much as I enjoy making it. It really does mean a lot that you are willing to spend uh, some of your time with me and my nonsense. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, this is how I end the stream. That's not how I end the, the fucking shows. But uh, yeah. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye!